Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hola, hola. Welcome back to the show. So I saw this story and I was so intrigued because, you know, the truth is that we all love animals here on the Lisa Wexler Show. We bring attention to the plight of animals all the time. And when, when some people get together and they try and write an injustice, I'm immediately drawn in. And I have never understood, I mean, I don't understand why people do horse racing, but dog racing uh, has really, has always been to me particularly heinous and I never understood what that was about. These are our dogs. Why are we making them race? Maybe they like to go fast in our backyard to, ch- to chase a ball, but that's far from industrializing and commercializing an entire industry around dogs, around dog racing. And I saw that our next guest, Christine Dorchak, I wrote a book called Brooklyn Goes Home, The Rise and Fall of American Greyhound Racing and the dog that inspired a movement. And I thought, you know what? Somebody, somebody must have stopped this. And now I find out who did it. Christine Dorchak, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. What a pleasure to speak with you. Hi. Well, thank you so much. What an honor to be on your program. And I would like to make it very clear that uh, my co-author, Carrie Teal, is my partner in these campaigns that we have been working on for nearly 25 years. Fantastic. Fantastic. So let, let me ask you the origin of this. Why this issue? What sparked, you know, why this? Well, I, like you, fight injustice. When I see something wrong, I, I want to solve it. I want to help. And when I learned that there were 2,000 dogs living in tiny cages a few miles from my house, and they were made to run so people could place $2 bets on them, and they were dying in great numbers, suffering serious injuries, which meant also that they would die because a broken leg was a death sentence. I just said, this sounds crazy. How could this be happening? I didn't know anything about dog racing. But as soon as I found out about it, I wanted to make a difference. And I set about to uh, end dog racing first in my home state of Massachusetts. And then I formed Great GK USA with Carrie Teal. And we said, well, we're going to fight it nationwide. But now that we've almost ended dog racing here in the U.S., 
uh, we're looking and working around the world. I have to ask you, Christine, uh, you know, there's a sign for a dog track in Florida uh, on I-95 as I go to the airport. And it, and, and I, and I've, I'm ashamed to tell you, I've never really followed up to know more about it. Do they still have Greyhound racing in Florida? Well, I'm happy to say that in 2018, we brought a question before Floridians on the ballot, and they voted by 69% to close down all 12 dog tracks in the state. And that was actually our second ballot question. Our first ballot question was in 2008, and that was quite historic because it was the first time that people were able to go to the ballot and vote for the dogs, and that was in Massachusetts. We also work in the political process uh, through legislatures passing bills to end dog racing. But I want to emphasize that, you know, our story is certainly for anyone who's ever loved and lost a dog, but it's also a political how-to. It's how we went state by state to end dog racing and the mistakes we made along the way, how we tried to learn from those mistakes, and the things that we want to share with others that you can do it too. We, we aren't particularly intelligent or special people. We just decided that here was a problem we were going to try and solve, and really no one was trying to do so. Um, many people didn't even know about dog racing, so the fir- first step was education. And then we learned that we need to take incremental steps to realize our goal. So we might not go into a state um, like New Hampshire, for instance, and just try to pass a prohibition. The first thing we did is we required the state to publish the records of how many dogs were being injured and how many died each year. And then we uh, passed another measure the following uh, session where we stripped the industry of tax subsidies, uh, subsidies that it was getting from taxpayers uh, to cover its expenses. And then finally, we went for uh, a bill to end dog racing and make it illegal in New Hampshire. And it did not pass the first time. So we had to get up, start all over again, and bring it the next year when it succeeded. And like most of our measures, it was a bipartisan effort. We've had champions who are both strong Democrats and strong Republicans, they all come together because if there's one thing that can unite people, it's a love of dogs. For sure, Christine Dorchak. That is very, very brilliant. You're right about that. I've always believed and I've seen that we cannot make any change without education. We've got to lay the groundwork first. People can't change their behaviors unless they know stuff. And we see it on our show. We talk about... Things like the birds, for example. I'm sure you can relate to this. I'm very much in favor of a lights-out movement ever since I became educated that without dark skies, our birds cannot migrate safely to their destinations. Millions, if not billions, are being killed every single year because we have thoughtlessly transformed the planet to light up the night sky. Do we really need to have every stupid commercial establishment blare their lights every single day and night, even though nobody is there? Absolutely not. But we have thoughtlessly lit up our environment. We've hurt so many nocturnal animals and our birds as a result. But you can't change the law unless you say to people, well, this is why we need to change the law. Exactly. What we learned early on, and the reason when we first started, we, we brought a ballot question in the year 2000. We knew 
nothing about politics, nothing how to run a campaign, and we were outspent five to one by the track owners. So mm. we, we were, we were, we really had our hands tied behind our back. But we didn't know that. We we knew we were right, and we thought we would win. You know, that was yeah. that was our hearts were on our sleeves. So what we learned from that uh, defeat was that we had to not make this a he-said-she-said campaign. It had to be a they-said campaign. And how could those greyhounds speak? They could speak through their records. And that's what we did. We, When we lost in the year 2000, uh, we rolled up our sleeves and said, okay, let's get disclosure here. The Massachusetts tracks don't have to report on what they do with those dogs. And unfortunately, here in Massachusetts, another fate for these dogs is they could go right from being a failed racer to an experimental subject. Dogs were being used for medical experimentation. So some, can you imagine being used and abused all your yes. life and then being sent to a research lab? Oh my so God. It, it, was a, it, was a terrible, it was a terrible travesty what was happening. We brought out the records and we used those records so that people could understand for themselves, here's what's happening to dogs. The state makes very little money on, on this activity let's get out of it. And they agreed. So where we lost 51-49 in 2000, which was extremely close and heartbreaking loss, as you can imagine, we came back and we won in 12 of 14 counties in 2008, passed the measure, and dog racing ended in Massachusetts. And that's how we really began our campaign uh, fervently to go state by state to end dog racing. And now uh, there were nearly 60 tracks when we started. There are just two left, both in the state of West Virginia. And as we work to pass a state law there to outlaw dog racing, we also have a federal bill that would make dog racing illegal nationwide. And that's really important because in states like Connecticut, where we have educated the public and the tracks have closed due to you know, lack of interest, public knowledge about the cruelty that was happening. They closed on their own, but the activity is still legal. So we have a, we'll have another a measure here uh, in Connecticut uh, where lawmakers will seek to outlaw dog racing. But meanwhile, it's possible for anyone who wants to start racing dogs to do it again in Connecticut. That's why the federal law is going to be necessary as well. Oh, in other words, we've closed the tracks we have, but we haven't made the activity itself illegal. Yes, you've had you had three tracks, and last session, Representative Mike D'Agostino and Representative Nicole De, uh, Clarice Dietria brought a measure together that passed in the House to outlaw dog racing, but unfortunately, in the confusion of the end of session, the Senate didn't take it up to vote. So we are going to come back again this year and hopefully put Connecticut in the win column, the win <laughs> column for the Greyhounds, that is. Of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to ask you, Christine, just a little bit. How did dog racing, like, even come to be? Do we even know? That's an intriguing question. Yes, um, dog racing started out as an illegal activity, and it were it, it literally were real life mobsters like Al Capone, um, who brought dog racing to become what it, it, there were so many tracks in the 1920s that were completely illegal. Um, but when you're, it was a great way to move cash and, you know, the uh, mobsters and the mafia uh, really, really loved dog racing for that, per, for that reason. Um, so Meyer Lansky, this was something that the, the mob 
you know, made made popular, but it wasn't legal. And there were attempts to try and legalize it for quite a few years, and every state said, no, we're going to shut you down, go away, we don't like this. But Florida, unfortunately, uh, became the first state in 1931 to say yes, with the requirement that the state get a piece of the action. So that's how it happened. Florida uh, legalized dog racing in 1931, and before you knew it, there were dog tracks, legal dog tracks, all across the country. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, that's a very interesting situation where you say that something starts, because we can, we can analogize that to drugs, to gambling, to so many other things where people do it. And for some people, the solution is to make it legal because then the taxing people get it and then they argue that it'll be regulated better and maybe right. they'll argue that the dogs will be treated better than if it's illegal. But the behavior itself is still heinous behavior, right? The behavior well, itself. The standards uh, in greyhound racing haven't changed since the 1930s. Dogs live in stacked metal cages for 20 to 23 hours a day. They subsist on a diet based on raw 4D meat, which is diseased meat, unfit for human consumption. They are not afforded veterinary care that you would give your ordinary dog. If If your dog broke his leg, you bring your dog to the vet and and get that dog the help he needed. In the racing industry, a broken-legged dog is a worthless dog, not worth his keep. That dog's gone, um, period. Um, Thankfully, because of the education and exposure of the industry that happened um, in the early 1990s, uh, thanks to a a wonderful program uh, on 2020 and then on the National Geographic Explorer Series, people learned what was happening, and the response was, let's get get these dogs adopted. Let's not just kill them after the racing season is over. So thankfully, hundreds of great adoption groups sprung up across the country and had been doing a, a wonderful job of absorbing the dogs that were released. The problem is it was always up to the kennel operator if that dog was going to be released or not. It was perfectly legal just to kill the dog, and, it, and actually it still is. So there's no way to protect these dogs. As long as greyhound racing continues, they're always going to be in jeopardy. You know, Christine Dorchak, you're really um... – you're really a special person. You're a lawyer yourself. <clears throat> You're the president and general counsel of Gray 2K USA Education Fund. There's a title in one of your chapters of your book 
that says, if I will ever walk again, what happened to you? Well, that's actually what inspired me uh, to take on uh, Helping Dogs. Back in um, 1992, after I had graduated college with a big shiny degree, I was going to become an international CNN correspondent, broadcast journalist. I had all these dreams. Uh, I was walking my dog one morning, and we were run down by a speeding train. And, boy, did that change the course of my life. Um, I believe my dog saved my life that day by pulling us slightly off off course and out of the path of the train. We were both very seriously injured. Um, And when I woke from my coma, I had lost my memory. The only thing that I could remember was Kelsey, my dog. And I said, as soon as they let me talk, how's Kelsey? And thankfully, we both survived. She had broken her hip. I had many years of rehabilitation ahead of me. But we came out of it, and I made a promise to myself, if I should ever walk again, if I should ever be able to function on my own again, I was going to do something to help dogs. And it took several years for me to realize what that was. And as I say, I didn't know anything about dog racing, but when somebody told me about it, I said, holy cow, somebody should do something about that. And my my mom says, well, I guess it's you. <laughs> so wow. That's how it happened. Um, you know, it's it was, it was just uh, my fate uh, to do this work, and I've been so fortunate to have some success, but many failures along the way, and we are now working around the world. We were inspired by a a campaign we launched in 2011 to close the only dog track in China. The only legal dog track in China was called the Canadrome, and it was in what's kind of referred to as the Las Vegas of China. It was on the peninsula of Macau, which is just off the mainland. And I read about this track for the first time in 2011 and it was the it was horrendous 400 greyhounds were being shipped there from Australia every year and they were all being killed because mm-hmm. there was no adoption program so our board member went to visit the track to investigate she showed us a, a stunning picture of a dog named Brooklyn I looked at that dog I said to my partner Carrie we have to close this track and he thought, how could we do that from a one-room office in Somerville, Massachusetts? I said, I don't know, but we're going to do it. It took eight years, and that beautiful dog, Brooklyn, was airlifted to safety in 2018 and came to live with us. And oh he became God. the inspiration for the movement to end dog racing all across the globe because if we could close a dog track in China, we can close the dog tracks in Australia and the United Kingdom, New Zealand, and Mexico. Wherever there's dog racing, there's a way to, fit, to, to defeat this industry. We just have to be smart enough and be willing to suffer consequences along the way and, and defeats, but keep going. That's really the message of our book. It's perseverance. Just like Brooklyn had the survival instinct to stay in that horrible horrible track. He he lived in a small concrete cell for eight years while we tried to rescue him. But he he survived and he came home smiling. And 
his attitude is something that inspired me. I said, if that dog can be so forgiving and so loving and keep going, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep working to end dog racing wherever it exists. Because as you have uh, rightfully said, this was an American invention. So wherever it exists, we have a responsibility to go and, and make sure it ends. I think you're a remarkable person, Christine Dorchek. I really, I, I'm so, oh, I'm so happy to get to know you on the air today. I, I'm so impressed with your perseverance. Lisa, really. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm, but I'm just a regular person who saw a problem and said, how can I try and, and solve it? And I was willing to lose to win. And suffering the defeats we have, some people would have given up, but Brooklyn never gave up. My dog, Kelsey, never gave up. She, she stayed alive for several years until she reached the age of 15. She died just after I graduated law school. And it's almost as if she stayed alive long enough to help me get through four years of night school and all the stress of beginning a nonprofit organization. I, I really identify with the dogs in my life, and I understand the suffering of the greyhounds because I suffered so much after my accident. Imagine waking up and not being able to walk and being in such terrible pain. But the difference was I had help. I had all the medical care in the world. These dogs don't have anybody. That's why they need all of us to stand up and end dog racing and close you didn't just tracks. You didn't just get up to walk. I understand that you've competed in seven Boston marathons. <laughs> I have. Yes, I have. Uh, you're I a pretty remarkable any, but... person, Christine. <laughs> you're, you're pretty. I'm... You're pretty I, I'm sorry. The Boston Marathon is not about winning the marathon. It's about being in the marathon. That is the win, Christine. That is the win. You're very good. <laughs> I mean, really. Wow. So the organization, is it still called Gray with G-R-E-Y-2-K-U... A-E-D-U-K-U-S-A Worldwide is our main organization that works to pass laws to protect greyhounds. And we also have a sister organization, the Gray 2K USA Education Fund, which focuses on raising funds to help dogs coming out of closed dog tracks. So it's a circle. It's a full circle. We don't just close the dog track and walk away. We close the dog track and then we provide funds for the dogs as they are released. And th- in fact, when we closed the Canadrome in Macau, we airlifted over 500 surviving oh. dogs to waiting adoption groups around the world. So w- we are very committed to these dogs. We're doing this to help the dogs. It, this is a political movement, but it's grounded in our love of these beautiful greyhounds. Christine Dorchak, thank you on behalf of, oh my God, countless beautiful dogs that have been saved by you. And thank you on behalf of the people like me who would vote a million thousand times in favor of these <laughs> referendums, but don't often get the chance. So thank, thank you, you for thank you for your political work to make the world a better place. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me, and I, I hope that anyone listening will please go to our website and help us pass the U.S. Greyhound Protection Act. Anyone can do that by sending a letter to their lawmaker to please vote for the measure in Congress. Thank you so much, Christine Dorchak, on the Lisa Wexler Show today. We'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 